Hello guys, welcome once again to the Anchor Book Club Podcast. My name is Olaoluaola Dokun, your host, and we'll be continuing with our review of the book Faith Bible Study Course by Kenneth E. Hagen. Today we'll be looking at a new chapter, How to Turn Your Faith Loose, Part 1. How to Turn Your Faith Loose, Part 1. I'm really excited about this one and I can't wait to get right into it. So let's do just that. Romans chapter 10 verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We've read that a couple of times. It says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the first part of the faith walk requires that you believe in your heart. And we have looked at that in the past number of episodes. The other part requires that you confess with your mouth so that is going to be the focus for this part of this um, review now let's look at four kinds of confessions in the new testament there are four kinds of confessions spoken of so let's look at them one by one the first one is the jews confession of sin the jewish confession of sin now, I'd like to read from Mark chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It says, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Then Mark 1, 14 and 15 says, Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Now, this first form of confession, the confession, uh, the Jewish confession of sin, was the teaching of John the Baptist and Jesus' teaching to the Jew, as we can, to the Jews rather, as we can see in um, those portions of scripture that we read the second one the second type of confession is the confession of the sinner under the new covenant recognize the differences between the two the first one was the jewish confession of sins that was before jesus's death and resurrection second one is the confession of the sinner under the new covenant now i'll be reading from john chapter 16 verse 7 to 11 John 16, 7-11, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go away, if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 9, Of sin, because they believe not on me, Verse 10 of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me not no more. 11 of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Notice Jesus said of sin because they believe me not in verse 9. Jesus tells us that the sinner will be convicted by the Holy Spirit of but one sin, sin in singular. And that is the sin of rejecting Jesus because they believe not on me, Jesus said in verse 9. How many times we've insinuated that the sinner 
confess all the sins he's ever committed in order to be saved. Actually, the sinner couldn't confess all the sins he's ever committed. He couldn't even think of everything he's ever done that was wrong. So the main confession the sinner must make is the confession of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now we will be expatiating on this as we go further. The third one is the believer's confession of his sin. Now this one is the confession of sin for the believer in Christ Jesus. And I'd like you to, to follow me closely because these days we don't really pay much attention to this part. Now this is to be done by the believer when he falls out of fellowship with God. According to 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, which we will look at in details much later, broken fellowship is not something to be taken lightly. It could cause a lot of things, including sickness and diseases. Even John even makes reference to the need for accountability among believers. Yeah, uh, James rather. In James 5.16, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So the need for accountability is very, very important. We will look further at the believer's confession of his sin as we progress. The first one is the believer's confession of faith. The believer's confession of faith. Now, this one is the confession of our faith in the word, in Christ, and in God the Father. It's more like a public declaration or saying out loud, a declaration of our faith in the person of Jesus Christ. So, the four of them again. First one is the Jewish confession of sin under the old covenant. Two is the confession of the sinner under the new covenant. Confession of Jesus' lordship and acceptance of Jesus' finished work. Number three, the believer's confession of his sin to restore fellowship whenever it has been broken. And number four, the believer's confession of faith, which is a declaration of the word of God, the confession of Christ and God the Father, the confession of our faith in him. The confession of the sin of the Jews in the old covenant is quite different from the confession of a sinner in the new covenant now let's look at matthew chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 it says then went out of him john jerusalem and all judea and all the region around about jordan and were baptized of him in jordan confessing their sins now this is talking about the baptism of john the baptist here is a picture of god's covenant people confessing their sins plural and being baptized by john now this baptism is not the same as christian baptism jesus because jesus had not yet died and risen at the time john did not baptize in the name of the father and the son and the holy ghost he only baptized in the name of the father these were jews under the law and under the old covenant before jesus's death burial and resurrection now in acts 19 verse 18 we read and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds these were Gentiles in Acts uh, or non-Jewish Christians. It doesn't say what they confessed, but it is evident that they were believers who were confessing their sins of practicing magical arts. These ones were already believers. But now, here's the thing to take note of. 
they were not confessing these sins in order to get saved because they were already saved they were christians nor did they give up this act to get saved the bible says they were already saved now you see after they were saved these sins and wrong practices were easier to confess so many times people have gotten the cart before the horse for example we tell sinners you are going to have to quit this and you are going to have to quit that in order to be saved but actually the sinner must accept the lordship of jesus and then those other things will be taken care of so here is the point salvation is not based on what you give up but what you receive salvation is not based on what you give up but what you receive so the thing to do is to receive christ first then he will teach you how to give up what you need to because you will definitely have to give up some things okay so that's that's how it's supposed to work now let's take a look at the sinner's confession in the new covenant the sinner's confession in the new covenant that was the second type of confession we mentioned it is a confession of the lordship of christ and not of his sins plural now let's look at uh, matthew 10 32 and 33 it says whosoever therefore shall confess me before men again shall confess me before men him will i confess also before my father which is in heaven but whosoever shall deny me before men him will i also deny before my father which is in heaven now let's take note that in the new birth in receiving eternal life there must be a public confession public confession is really making the break with the world it is a change of lordship it defines our new position the confession of the lordship of jesus puts us immediately under under jesus's supervision care and protection satan was once our lord but we change lordship so when we take jesus as our lord and confess him jesus becomes our lord jesus becomes our head and master so let's hold fast to the confession of the lordship of jesus he is my lord so is he your lord so it's not only um confessing the lordship of jesus to yourself and not only confess it to the devil but jesus also said we must confess him before men Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, he said in Matthew 10.32. So, confess the Lordship of Jesus before others too. So, before we wrap it up, let's go back to the third confession we mentioned for a bit. That is the believer's confession of his sins. Now, we'll be reading from John chapter, 1 John rather, 1 John chapter 1, 3 to 10. It says, that which we have seen and heard declared we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth but if we walk in the light and he is the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of jesus christ's son cleanses us from all sin if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us nine if we confess our sins plural he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness 
If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now you might have noticed me make differentiations between sin in singular and sins in plural. Sin in singular represents the sin of identity, of being, the nature that we held before coming into Christ. Sins in the plural talks about the sin of commission, the acts, the sinful acts that we commit. So now let's look into this. Notice that the word fellowship is mentioned four times in these verses. And we need to read these verses clearly, carefully and go over them again and again. They are not written to sinners. So we shouldn't use these verses in 1 John to pray for a sinner. They, um, they, they are words written to believers. First, as a warning against broken fellowship. Then second, this scripture showed the believer the way back into fellowship. If we say we have fellowship with the Lord and yet we walk in darkness, the Bible says we lie and do not tell ourselves the truth. In other words, God is saying that if I am out of fellowship and I declare that I am spiritually alright, I am not telling the truth because I am not alright with God. If I say I have not committed sin and yet my fellowship with God is broken, then my faith is feeble. Then God says, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That he says in 1 John 1 9. It is important not to take verses of scripture out of their setting. Because some people take verse 10, which says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us, out of context. We shouldn't take that out of context and try to apply it to everyone. This verse is talking about the person who has been born again, but who is out of fellowship with God and won't admit it. So that is a Christian living in self-denial of his acts, of his sinful acts. Now, let's, let me say this here. If you have sinned, you know it. And if you don't know it, for goodness sake, don't be trying to drag up something to condemn yourself with. When you are always looking for something to condemn yourself with, you are robbing yourself of faith. If you sin, you know it. The minute you sin, you know it on the inside of you, except you want to lie to yourself. And if you don't know it, then you need to get saved. Christians have a monitor, the voice of the inner man on the inside of us, and it lets us know when we've done wrong. If you miss the mark and mess up in some way, don't wait to repent. Stop right there and say, Lord, I missed it. Please forgive me. It is in the scope of the mercy of God. It is not unchristian to ask for mercy whenever we fall short. If you ask her from God, he will do it and then you can keep walking in fellowship. If we confess our sins, it is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9 says, So if I confess my sins once, the moment, that moment he forgives me and I can stand in his presence as though I had never sinned. Once you confess a sin, don't keep confessing the same sin over and over again because that one builds weaknesses, doubts and sin consciousness in your spirit. If you confess your sin once, God forgave you and he forgot it, so you need to forget it as well. God forgave you and he forgot it, so you need to forget it as well. God has no memory of your sin once you truly repent and ask for forgiveness. So this is not a quick fix mechanism. It is how God has set it. So you just have to realize that once I'm conscious of a sinful act I've committed, all I have to do is go to God and ask for his mercy. Isaiah 43 25 says, I, even I, am he that blotted out thy transgression and will never remember thy sin.
So once you repent and ask forgiveness, God does not have a memory of the sin that broke your fellowship. Since God has no memory of it, then why should you have memory of it? That isn't the Holy Spirit or God who is condemning you. That is Satan trying to take advantage of you. And if Satan can keep you thinking about that sin, he has you at a disadvantage. The thing you must do is refuse to think upon that sin any longer. If you continue to condemn yourself once you have asked for forgiveness, your faith will be throttled and held in bondage. So the reason for these arrangements by God is to keep us in constant fellowship with him so we can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace in time of need. You must be willing to forgive yourself as much as God is willing to forgive you. So don't let guilt or condemnation keep you down. Condemnation robs you of your faith. This is what the word says and we had better live by it and not our opinions of moral justice. So we have to really sit down with this truth and understand them for what they mean because so many people are either excusing their sinful acts away, saying it is all covered by grace, or living in condemnation and being drowned in their sinful ways and feeling guilty all of the time. It is a very simple thing that we have the Holy Spirit to help us understand. If you find yourself um, caught up in any sinful act, go, go before God and ask for his mercy. He's always willing to supply to us. In closing, I would like to read this from the book. It says, when you understand the Bible, you can understand why God does things the way he does. You can understand why and how things work many times. So let me finish this lesson with a scripture found in Hebrews. Hebrews 10, 1 to 4 says, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commas thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more consciousness of sins. For in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sin every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Now this passage of scripture tells of the failure of the blood of bulls and goats under the old covenant to take away sins. The blood of bulls and goats could only cover sins. Those animal sacrifices still left the sin in the heart of man, and with the sin was the sin's consciousness. But God in our redemption in Christ has redeemed us from sin consciousness. Once we have asked forgiveness for our sins, we don't ever have to remember them again. Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spots to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Also in 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. If you sin and you repent and confess your God, your sins to God, you should have no more remembrance of it. God doesn't, so why should you? Then you can see with you can see with what confidence we can come before God in prayer and know with a certainty that He hears us. So even the perfection of your your right living is in your humility to accept the fully finished works of jesus christ so when you accept god's mercy when you ask for his mercy whenever you find yourself in any form of sin it is in that um consciousness of the fact that god has forgotten it that your progress can emerge from so you're even living right as to be coming from a place of strength not a place of weaknesses thinking that 
you are without help no god's word is able to strengthen you and it is what contains the power to help you live above sin so it is not beyond the believer to confess their sins whenever they have broken out of fellowship with god do whatever it takes to sustain your fellowship with god and on that note i would like to end today's review of how to turn your faith loose part one I look forward to having you join me on this tomorrow. This is probably the longest episode of the podcast we've had, 20 minutes. Thank you very much for spending some time listening to this. I hope it has blessed you. And as always, I would like to encourage you to spend some time in personal prayer and study of the word of God for yourself. Have a lovely day. God bless you. Bye-bye.